one. Yo, 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 what's up everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie comic interview. It is your host, Cody, and we are Keeping It Geekly. We are here joined today with Justin Belmont, creator of Smokes the Fox and Weaponized Werewolf and editor-in-chief of Belmont Press. How are you doing today? And welcome to the stream, my friend. I'm doing pretty good, man. How you doing? Not too shabby. I'm very excited to break this down, especially Weaponized Werewolf. I, you know, when I was just previewing the pages, like just like the gory aspect of it, I was like, yep, this is something right up my alleyway and stuff that I could definitely get behind, man. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and start breaking things down. Like you've uh, been kind of drawing up this concept for a couple years now, correct? I've had the idea of smokes for since I was 15 years old, for many years now. So, oh, you know, almost three decades i think <laughs> so a pot smoking fox man uh what what was your inspiration uh for 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 that character he seems like a very laid-back uh chill guy um definitely love uh the biker vibe to him as well my both my parents were bikers growing up so definitely uh was uh pretty interested in seeing that as well yeah mike Barron's big into bikes so that's why i put that in there and also we got don perlin to do the cover so we wanted the motorcycle in the book that he's known for drawing uh you know ghost rider so that's that's kind of why on the bikes are in there mike's got a bike so he likes to he likes to take it out on the weekends um i carried the character right around the time that i discovered marijuana and in comic books so that's why i created the character that smokes weed Dude, he's got a little go. bit of me inside of the character you know what i mean yeah so it's a dope smoking I'm mutant fox taking on the government let's go man uh you know i really think like marijuana like as a whole like it's such a good like how do you how, how, i don't know mind opener like you know um it, it can introduce you to whole new planes and just way to like look and observe and take in media and like putting that hand in hand with comics is like you, you know me as a teenager i could definitely uh, you know I, I i loved it too you know there's nothing better than than lighting up and reading a couple books so what, what type of books uh got you really into the comic scene um, there was a big indie scene back in the 90s, as you know, uh, it seemed like everybody had their own uh, book. And I would look and see all these artists, they had their own book, you know, you know, Sam Keith had the Max, uh, Jeff Smith had Bone, uh, you know, and then there was books like Concrete coming out from Dark Horse with uh, Paul Chadwick. I'm really a big fan of that. And I was a big fan of uh, Valiant because Valiant kind of had a good balance of artwork and story for their comics in the 90s, the original Valiant. I don't know about the new stuff now, but I remember, you know, uh, reading those books and they're just great, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. Image had really good eye candy, but as far as the story went, there was really no story. I mean, you just you bought it for the cover, you know what I mean? Oh, or whatever yeah. the art. But, you know, I did like the art and I did buy a lot of Image books. So I was influenced by all that and just seeing everybody and their mother having their own character, I thought to myself, I got I think it'd be cool if I created my <laughs> own character. Why can't I have my own character? So one day I was just high, you know, shortly after, you know, getting into comic book stuff and just just hanging out with my friend and then uh, we we're just smoking and just sketching. He's a pretty good artist actually. Was this uh was this back in uh during like the brick weed era? Like where it was just like all oh, you had to break it up like for an hour straight knocking out all the seeds and stems well when i was a kid i lived in upstate new york 
and we had to go we had to drive to the pretty much the ghetto to go get weed we'd have to go to like a uh i'd say like maybe abandoned house kind of mm-hmm. and it would be like a boarded up house and then you go up to the door and you like knock like twice and then there'd be like a little wedge cut out of the door it'd be like a really thick door in case everybody wanted to knock it down usually like steel and force <laughs> you know what i mean like some bars mm-hmm. on and then they would you know give you the shitty bag of brown weed with a bunch of seeds in it or just just crap weed with seeds, a bunch of seeds in it and you put like five or ten bucks in and sometimes you didn't get a bag sometimes you did you know what i mean it was then when you left you might get robbed you might have someone try to steal your ten dollars worth of weed dude so isn't it crazy kind of too wrong. now you can literally go to a a store and buy it over the counter uh just the way like everything's like just transition is just like insane dude just to think about it people would jump somebody for ten dollars worth of weed or five dollars worth of weed that's crazy man yeah 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 that's and that's what we had to do to get up some pot then eventually <laughs> you know we found dealers that would you know bring it to you or whatever but in the beginning you had to go to those houses man i remember like 15 16 years old knocking on a, on a pot house, <laughs> on a house, on a house, spots dude it's and it's, it's so crazy to think about so you on, on one faithful day uh you just got done lighting up and smokes came to mind like so let, let's start painting that picture how did you, how did you start creating this character i was big into cerebus if you're familiar with that character cerebus the art by dave sim and gerhard mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's one of the ro- longest running uh, independent comics of all time uh it got surpassed by uh spawn recently um spawn went, hit over 300 issues but for the longest time, it was the longest running. But Tom McFarlane didn't, you know, ever, he didn't write or draw every single issue of Spawn, though. Dave Sim drew every issue, all 300 issues. So it's a big difference there. Yeah. But um, I was a big fan of Cerebus. And if you look behind me, you can see Smokes' eyes are very similar to Cerebus. I kind of almost ripped them off on the eyes. <laughs> so I wanted the character to look, had a cool look like that. And I don't even know, remember how I came up with the fox, but I remember I, w- I wanted to give him a pipe. The, the first sketch was like a headshot and I made him, you know, made the eyes big service and then I made him into a, I don't even know why it was a fox, but I just drew a fox. And then originally he had like a corn cob, uh, simple pipe, like, like Frosty the Snowman has. Mm-hmm. And then I just threw an X on there because I thought there had to be something on that pipe and something that's recognizable from far away something simple so i came up with just a regular x on this pipe brand x company or something i thought of and then uh later on when we redesigned the character we i thought he needed the upgrade and we kind of got like that sherlock holmes type deal you can see behind and the x now is a hooked x i don't know if you're familiar with the hooked x but it's if you watch history channel it's an ancient symbol it's almost the same as a regular X, except it has one extra line at the top on the on the right hand side of the X. Mm-hmm. It makes it look like look like a little Y at the top. And other than that, it's, um, besides a fancier pipe, we also uh, got him a nom uniform. Ori- originally, he just wore a wife beater and a hoodie. I really like the coat, though. I think the coat really like completes him. Yeah. Originally, he just had a, um, a black hoodie, I think it was, or just a regular hoodie. I didn't really color him, so he just had a hoodie on, and he had a wife beater underneath, because that's what I used to wear when I was 16, 17, you know, 15, 16. I used to wear a wife beater with a hood on over it, so it was kind of influenced by me, but the later on, I thought he needed an upgrade. I was working with Gerhard from Cerebus, 
and I got him to do um, a model sheet for me, mm -hmm. some sketches of, of the character, and I worked with him on the pipe. So he can't, he helped me redesign the pipe, and then I told him, you know, I want I wanted to him to have a Nam uniform, so I thought it was a cool. I'm a big fan of the Nam, you know, the Nam movies like Platoon, yeah. Full Metal Jacket. You know, stuff born on Fourth of July. Uh, Apocalypse movies. was another good one too, right? Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Yeah. All the all those were really good movies. That uniform was just badass, and I really liked how they um either roll up the sleeves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, with so, the cigarette pack. Yeah, and I thought you know, hoodie was kind of generic. You know, not really thoughtful uniform for him. He needed something more that can be like more recognized. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we have a character walking around with the World War or uh, Nam uh, uniform. Real quick, we do have a uh, good stuff commentator saying it was probably the dealer sending people out to take back what they just sold. That would actually be a good smart marketing strategy. You'd have to go back and buy another one, and just be an endless loop. Uh, we have well, Odin Dash. They just want to give you any weed. They would just <laughs> put your money. They want to give it to you. We got a Odin uh, Dasko saying, uh, time. It's gonna every time, but yeah, there would be some guys out there that would try to like, you know, hustle your 10 bucks, uh, try to rob you for your little bit of weed that you got. And <laughs> we you know, got to together the money every day. You know, one guy would have two or three bucks and we put together, you know, oh, yeah, you'd be shaking like couch cushions and stuff. Yeah, I remember those days. We got a uh, Odin uh, Dasko in the chat saying, uh, hi as well, right to the hot shop or right to the spot. And then we have a random American saying better late than never. We actually just started not too long ago, random. You're about 11 minutes late, so you, you actually just got in for the juicy stuff. Odin saying uh, smoke and honor of smokes. Working at the moment, damn duty. Hey, I hope work goes good for you, Odin. If you guys have any questions, feel free to ask them. And we'll be sure to get the get the question to Justin as well. So we have um, Smokes. He's a mutant fox. What type of uh, what, what does this do for him? Like, does he have any special powers, any special abilities? Like, what is mutant about him? Well, he's half fox and half human, and he was created in a lab. He is uh, highly intelligent, I guess you could say. He's a super, he doesn't really have superpowers, but I, if he, but that would be kind of like his superpower. He's so intelligent that he's able to um, escape this uh, super secure, high-tech facility that the government has underground, and he's able to escape, you know, no problem. So uh, that's real quick. That's, that's, for anyone interested right there is the link to the kickstarter feel free to check it out and of course back it this is just right there on the cusp of getting funded guys we could make this happen during this stream um so speaking of smokes where does weaponized werewolf come into play so we have two books that we're talking about here and you said the weaponized werewolf kind of served as a uh, uh prologue to it yeah originally i wasn't even gonna make a second book i never had a plan to make weaponized werewolf um after I talked with after I talked with Mike, and I, I basically I met Mike Barron, our, my writer at a local convention, the Rocky Mountain Con out here. He lives in Colorado, and so do I. So I always see him there every year, and I approached him and I told him about my pot smoking fox idea, and uh, he actually <laughs> agreed to write my script. And him and Chuck Dixon are pretty much on my top list of the, my favorite writers of all time. So landing him my book, you know, I was so excited. I couldn't even believe it, you know. Um, he said he was born to write this book. Oh, and man, that had to feel, like, so amazing to hear. Yeah, and then he came back, and he told me it was an original idea, and then, and then I, when I told him my, when I had my idea, he's like, no capes. And I'm like, no, there's no capes in this. So he doesn't want to, you know, do the same kind of stories all mm -hmm. the time. 
do something different. And then when he came back with the script, there was all of a sudden a werewolf in the in the script, and his name was Cheney, as in uh like Lon Cheney um from the original Wolfman, I believe, the black and white, who's the actor that played the Wolfman or something in the original movies. It's before my time and before your time, but mm -hmm. and I thought Cheney was you know not a good name for a title of a book. So later on, I was pre we were doing you know I was making smokes. And it was the production was going pretty slow. The artist was uh, basically like giving me a page every two or three months or something. It was it was very slow. What's the typical page rate? Uh, like uh, like like the typical I guess uh, expectation for a page to be submitted? Well, I guess it all depends. I mean, it depends on the artist, but you know, one to three days probably for a page. I would say it was good. So I mean, but two to three months definitely had to push you like way past production. But understand, you know, he had, you know, he has a family and a, and he was teaching art as a, as a professor at college. So there's other things, you know, this is like a side thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, so the pages were coming in kind of slow and I thought to myself, what if I, uh, instead of making my comic smokes longer, what if I expand upon this werewolf and make that a book and then put the two stories together? And I told Mike my idea. The werewolf didn't really have much of a description. All it said was a Bernie Wrightson type werewolf. That's it. Named Cheney. So <laughs> I came up one day. I was smoking weed and I was thinking of names for this werewolf. I was like, I can't call him Cheney. You know, I'm not going to sell a book called Cheney Werewolf. It's that's not a really great name. So I was thinking, and then I just came up with Weaponized somehow, and the Weaponized Werewolf sounded cool. It just sticks so well too. It's kind of long, but I thought it sounded cool. It has like that 90s like badass feeling to it, you know what I mean? And then uh, so I said, you know, I can get a, like another story going out of this and then when you put both books together, you get a complete story and I can have two artists working on these different titles simultaneously, you know what I mean, and get the work done faster, mm -hmm. my production. And I uh, enlisted Barry McLean Jr. to do the artwork on Weaponized Werewolf. Um, he's a rising artist. I mean, he's really good. He's actually my neighbor out of all places on wow. Earth. Wow. That, that's just insane. We also have a lot of uh, people from Colorado in the chat as well. I, it, it looks like uh, you have oh, really? a nice little community surrounding you uh, with uh, good stuff in uh, Odin. Um, I, I don't know if good stuff's from Colorado, but Odin said uh, there's a lot of Colorado oh, people. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a good uh, I'm pretty good at name. Names. I'm pretty good at coming up with names um, for stuff. Uh, originally, I owned a, um, a record a label called Belmont uh, Records. So I actually changed. I, all I did is I used the same logo and I just called my new company Belmont Press. So did you make like music too? Yeah, I, I put out while well, I was executive producer and I put out other people's music. Let's go, dude. A jack of all trades. So what's it like being in that type of role? Like, you know, you were uh, uh, an executive producer for, for that time. Uh, you are like uh, the editor in chief publisher in this time. Oh, hey, Ohio Love here too. Um, how does it feel to kind yeah. of be in that role to kind of have to give directions to not like push people around, but to get them going, you know? It's a lot of work because you got to persuade people to, you know, get on a track or whatever, or, or to get on your book. You know, you got to, um, what I do is the best thing to do, I think, is to get a foundation, is to get somebody good on your book. And once you have one person, you can use that as a kind of a bait, or I don't, I don't know if you want to say the word bait, but 
as a, as a um, to help you get other um, artists to get on board. When you tell somebody you got a script by Mike Barron, they're more likely to draw your comic yeah. when you versus me saying, I'm going to write my book and I've never written a comic in my life. So no, uh, the, the name definitely does bring a lot of attention to it. So I, I definitely agree with you there. Having someone a little bit more well-renowned uh, well is going to help get the book taken off. I mean, it had it had to have worked because you got um, your, your uh, Kickstarter was funded uh, rel relatively uh, well, right? What was your original uh, goal for that on the Kickstarter? Well, the Indiegogo, you mean? Uh, well, uh, you said you ran it on Kickstarter and then on Indiegogo, right? I ran it on Indiegogo first. Okay, yeah, your funded. Indiegogo. Sorry, sorry, I got confused there. So yeah, your Indiegogo. Got, you said uh, you raised uh, what seven thousand? Just under like sixty seven hundred. Wow, that's that's insane. What was your original goal on that? Uh, five thousand. Dude, let's go! Congratulations on that. Uh, so, what was like some of your biggest like successes in in getting that to fund? I mean, how, how fast would you say that it got funded for you? It wasn't fast, honestly. Um, at first. It went kind of slow that I actually had a mental breakdown one day, uh, shortly after I launched. It's, it's a very emotional thing starting a campaign if you never did one before. You don't know how it's going to go. You don't know if people are going to care, give a shit about your character or your ideas or anything. It's a, it's a, some books I think they're not even going to fund make a hundred grand and other books that I think should make a hundred grand don't fund. You know what I mean? You don't know. I got you. No. It's not, there's no like rest, special recipe out there where it works every time. Oh, well, maybe boobies do, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I didn't want to put out Smokes smut. only has doobies. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to put out smut or anything. My wife's like, why don't you just put out something with boobs in it? If it sells good. I'm like, no, cause I don't want to be known. Your parents are going to ask me, what's he do for a living? Oh, he puts out smut comics. Yeah. That's what I want to be known for. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I better be known for a pot smoking pot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, how does Weaponized no, Werewolf tie into Smokes? Or is that something you want to save? No, I can, I've can. i been talking about that. Basically, uh, Weaponized Werewolf is another one of their uh, monsters that they created in this lab, Project Minotaur. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, Smokes is the most intelligent of the uh, mutants that they create. And Weaponized Werewolf is just a killer, you know, he's just... He, he's strong, but he doesn't listen. And what happens is Smokes is able to escape the, the facility and uh, a colonel actually makes the mistake of his life and lets out weaponized werewolf to go after Smokes. Oh, they Jesus. They not like each other. They were locked up in the same facility looking at each other behind bars for a long, for a long time and they just hate each other. And you can't really get along with a murdering uh, werewolf. You know what I mean? A murderer, but he's just... It's like trying to get along with like some kind of crazy serial killers. Yeah, it's like two pol polarizing uh, opposite ends. Like you just got a stone fox, and then like a werewolf that just wants to like rip you apart at any chance it can get. <laughs> so that's how the story starts, and they let they release weaponized werewolf to, to eliminate Smokes, and Smokes is on the run for his life and for his freedom. And I, I came up with the storyline. I gave it to Mike. Mike doesn't really know much about aliens and stuff like that. I don't even know if he even believes in them or whatever. But um, I kind of like told him, you know, gave him some details and some background of, you know, how the story was going to go and some lore, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. It's a very evolved story. It's not like some just a butthead type deal where you're going to be like, hey, 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 stupid, like giggling. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that. No, I definitely feel it. I, I I was just interested because like 
it's just the you know the fox he's just so laid back and chill from what i get uh you know just try to have a good time and then this werewolf the one panel is like literally ripping the head off an animal and it's like wow like um but enough of this let's go ahead and just start breaking down the kickstarters we're this. ready we to go hey let's go congratulations let's get some Thank claps you. in the chat dude nice. hell yeah Thank so that's you. that's funded on uh two different campaigns let's go man yes so that unlocks the weaponized werewolf sticker on both campaigns. So anybody who's back this book is now going to get the smoke sticker and the weaponized werewolf sticker with their uh, with their order. We also have uh, Dan Price in the chat as well. Welcome to the stream, Dan. How are you doing today? So, dude, congratulations! You uh, successfully funded the campaign. Um, how's that feel, man? How are you feeling right now? It feels good, man. Uh, maybe I'll get off the couch. I'll tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's start breaking it down. Is that a is um if you want if that video if you can click on it we could watch it um yeah well you want you want to see the video all right yeah um and if there's if it doesn't have any sound I can always add that in post production too actually the sounds perfect on it So this is like where they were kind of like cell by yeah. cell. There's other hybrids too. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited for this. I mean, Smokes definitely seems like he has uh, he, he has a lot to look out for with this weaponized werewolf. It, it looks gruesome and brutal. <laughs> he might want to lay off the pot a little bit before he tries to go up against this thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that I think that did an awesome job, kind of uh, painting the visual um, for uh, everyone that was listening. It, it definitely uh, so the aliens as well. Like, what what are the aliens' job within that? Are they the ones kind of conducting like the hybrid experiments? It's because of their technology. This is possible to be able to do this. I gotcha. Um, and um, there's an alien named Sapoy. He's kind of in charge of everything down there. And uh, he's in both books. So you're going to see a lot of the same characters in both books. But the both, both comics actually take place 15 years apart. So oh, so the, yeah, that's books. good. Yeah, so what, some things are missing from smokes that you, you might wonder about. And then when you read Weaponized Werewolf, it kind of fills you in. Gives you a bigger, uh, a complete picture, I guess you can say. So was it hard to do that type of world building between the two and like to get them kind of lined up to, to flesh out like that? Not really. It's not to take place 15 years apart. Um, Mike nailed the story right away. I mean, he came back with the weaponized werewolf story. I told him what I wanted. It, um, it's basically there's some training. Um, weaponized werewolf gets trained in the book. 
Um, and they send they send him out on a dry run, and he runs into some sheep, and he just just massacres them. Yeah. Let me show you some werewolf action. This is the facility right here. You can see how uh, you know high tech it is. You got the guards at the door and like the super whatever bulletproof glass, mm -hmm. soundproof. Uh, and the art is really gorgeous. Here. So I really like how um, your artist like just fully captured the scene, like the way it looks. It looks. I when I was reading it, I was like, this is exactly what I would look. You know, think a, a high tech facility would like be fleshed out like. He blew me out of the water with this uh, page. He actually completed the whole book pencils in about three and a half weeks not, not wow. maybe three weeks how many pages um it, it, is, it is 12 16 pages yeah yeah that, that that's pretty insane for three weeks uh worth of work especially if uh, you... he wakes up early in the morning and he usually does between one and three pages a day and he works on different titles so you'll do like one page for my book then he would do one page for his other book um right now he's got a comic book called uh, billy the kit it's out on comic book shelves right now. I don't know if you've seen it around. It's a really, really cool book. It's a spaghetti western about this, uh, like, uh, a mutant uh, rabbit. It's similar <laughs> to the book. He's a rabbit, and he's got, you know, six shooters. That's so it's awesome. It's, uh, it's actually pretty popular. They're on, like, the sixth issue now, I believe. Mm -hmm. So Barry McLean's a really nice guy. He lives next door to me, and he just... This, that guy right there you see on the screen, that's um, Colonel Mayberry. Mm -hmm. that, that's the guy who's in charge of like the humans on the base, but Sepoy, the alien, kind of has the rule over him, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. And so, how did it feel like living right next to the guy? Like, you were like, man, all those times I, like, I shoveled his sidewalk for him, paid off. <laughs> I never ever really seen him because he just spends most of his time inside because he's just drawn. You know, that's the life of an artist. You just draw. So, you don't so how'd you find out that he was like this fantastic artist? Like what? Like what happened that you were like, oh my god, I've been living next to this guy? I didn't know I was. He didn't. I didn't know he was my neighbor at first. Well, basically, uh, I was looking for another artist, and uh, I saw his work around. Uh, he worked for Mike Barron before. Him and Mike Barron are working on this comic book called uh, Q-Ball. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like an African-American who has a, a, a pool of a stick, Q-Ball stick or whatever, Q-stick. And he beats people's asses with the stick. <laughs> that would suck, getting smacked like in the face with a pool stick. Oh yeah. my God. He's like a martial artist that beats people's ass with a, a pool stick. And then he goes and finishes the game afterwards. Yeah, and that's good. that's coming out later this year. It looks like uh, you know a fun book. And I, I saw his other artwork around and stuff, and his Billy Kit. And I just asked him. And I said, "Hey, I got the script by Mike Barron. You know, it's a werewolf book." And once he found out it was horror, and it was Mike Barron, since he already works with Mike, you know what I mean? He, he mm -hmm. basically said yes right away. So he got right to work, and he just you know just so he was so fast. I mean. Some artists you don't know, man. Sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. Sometimes you just bang them out. You don't know how it's going to go. It's like when you go to a convention, you get a commission. There's one guy you're going to get 20 minutes later. You got your commission in your hand. And then there's another guy that it might be to like Sunday night when the convention just about to close. Mm -hmm. You might get your commission right at the wire. <laughs> so but what happened though? Did he, did he go to like Smith the artwork and like you got it in the mail and you're like, oh my God, this is like right next door. 
Um, he actually just sent me the scans. And then what I did is I sent the scans to uh, my inker. So my inker actually uh, inked all the comic, all the pages uh, non-traditionally, which basically he just like blue lined mm-hmm. over the uh, over the pages. So actually, I do have those available on my Indiegogo. I have original art pages, and if you back, if you wanted to get a weaponized verbal page, you'd actually get pencils. You get two pages because you get the pencils on one board and you get the inks on the other board. Oh, that's really cool. So, with uh, with your Kickstarter, what are like some of the uh, things the Kickstarter and Indiegogo uh, like? You know, you said you did like 70 shows to promote this. Like, so what did you do to get this word out there? I mean, you definitely put the feet to the street, it sounds like. That's the best way to get the word out to is to um, do as many shows as you can. Even small shows, whatever. Don't be picky or anything. You're not too good to do a small show. Hell, I've made more backers on a small show than I've done where I had like 150 or 300 live. It doesn't matter, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. If you catch somebody's interest, they'll back you you know what i mean it could be anybody and just do is you know get get your word out there um ask everybody if they can if you can get on their show they might tell you no they might not respond but you never know until you ask right yeah yeah absolutely so i just asked everybody i started off kind of on the smaller shows and then worked my way up and try to get on bigger shows and then try to go for like home runs and got really big shows but struck out a lot you know what i mean i wasn't able to get on everyone's show but um I did the best I could, and I, you know, I started my mailing list early. I started promoting people like a couple years before I launched my book. I would just write tweet people's uh, campaigns that I liked. Not just everybody, but if I liked it, I yeah. might not back it, but I'll actually, you know, I'll promote it. I mean, so you did a like- lot of a lot of work previously for for other people yeah. in the community, and and definitely put the footwork in trying to get like the base like. Did you do any sort of like pre-launch campaign or something for people to be notified when it went live? Yeah, I did a uh, Indiegogo a pre-launch page, and I, and I ran that for months until I got about a hundred and something signups. I thought that was a good goal to not launch until you hit at least a hundred signups. So I, I had just over that when I launched. Um, I had to say out there, I want guys out there that are going to proud a campaign. I want like your mailing list is important, but it's not as important as you think. Um, you're going to get people putting their email and it doesn't mean they're going to, um, you know, back your book. Yeah. It's easy to collect emails, you know what I mean? But collecting, uh, you know, uh, donations or whatever contributions is, is, is a lot different. Yeah. But, some, 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 my, my email, like I'll have like 200 messages in it that I just don't have time to get to, you know, like, so sometimes that mailing list can definitely get buried as well. You know, getting the spam folder too. You don't know what you're doing and you send it wrong if you don't mm-hmm. like personalize it or whatever it'll end up in the spam folder and you won't even see it yeah but, uh, the most important thing i think it is is to get in front of the people and pitch your product pitch your comics show them that you love your behind your product if you don't love your product no one's gonna back you if you don't believe in your product no one's gonna back you this, this is my dream product so i put you know my mm-hmm. dream uh right here i put everything into this you know everything a lot of money a lot of time a lot of love um i didn't cut corners anywhere i got pros for you know for every for every part of the book um and everything's done i didn't want to launch before you know i was complete and there's a lot of people out there you might have to wait till uh you know towards the end of the year to get your book or whatever i mean that's that's ridiculous you know what i mean um watch these books when they're ready to go you know what i mean don't let mm-hmm. people wait 
and they might not be back the next time around waiting that long. You know what I mean? You might piss somebody off or so I think, you know, you, you should wait to at least, you know, like 75% done or something before you start, you know, thinking about putting it out and launching. But I think after you do your first one, though, you get a little bit of leeway, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you can uh, especially some of the following as well. So I have you how, the first one you should have it you know complete or next to complete I think mm -hmm. before you launch. I mean it's my how many favorite. how many campaigns have you done before this? This is my first campaign, so I just okay. started the Indiegogo, and I ran that for uh, two months, and then I just let it go into demand, and then I'm gonna I'm running the Kickstarter for 30 days, and we're on like what 21 days or 20 days left I think, mm -hmm. and after that runs out. I'm going to, you know, that Kickstarter will end and then Indiegogo will be in demand for a little bit longer and then I'm closing it up and I'm going to get it printed because all the artwork is done, all the lettering is done. What's not done is adding extra stuff like some fan art in there. I might put it yeah. in there, to, you know, to make them a little bit beefier, to give it a little bit extra content and that won't, it won't be a stretch goal or anything. I'm just going to throw it in there, you know, just. So why uh, the two campaigns though, the, the one on Indiegogo and the one on Kickstarter? Because there's people that won't back on one or the other. So I gotcha. That makes sense. Hold. There's some people that will not back on Indiegogo, and there's some people that won't back on Kickstarter. And I, I, I figure if I can both, I can get. Yeah, you kill two birds, one stone. No, that definitely makes a lot of sense. So we went through a lot of the different artwork, the gorgeous panels, gorgeous art. Um, do you want to break down the team first, or you want to go through the tiers? Uh, we can talk about the team really quick. It's right here. So Mike Barron, everybody is pretty much familiar with him. He's been around for a while. Um, he's written everything from like Mr. T to T-Force mm -hmm. um, to, you know, Valiant Comics, Star Wars, Punisher. So, man, your first creative. book you have Mike Barron writing. That's fucking insane, dude. Oh, man. Like, so how's that feel, too, to have like someone of such like that's so well known um, being being the writer for your for, for your passion? That has to be just amazing yeah i was stoked man i even told mike i said can you do me a favor and can you you know print out the script send it to me and sign it because i really you know i would really you know um, yeah dude cherish it and he said sure so he actually sent it to me and i i have it you know you can throw that in my in my coffin when i die that's where <laughs> dude that, i mean not many people get this opportunity so like definitely like stoked for you to be able to have told him um yeah, he's done a lot of awesome work too. Uh, do you know, um, like, for your next issues, are 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 you going to be doing like a Smokes the Fox issue number two? Yes, um, I do have you... plans for a, a short mini series, like three or four issues for Smokes. Uh, were you able to get Mike on them? What's that? I said, were you uh, were you able to get Mike for all of them? I have not did the script yet for the second one, but I'm I got planning you. on getting Mike for that. Yes, dude, let's go! Congratulations, that's so awesome. I'm so, I'm stoked for you to be able to like take your passion, your dream, and just. Bri well, you know, I, just got, I just got my money from Indiegogo, so I'm just starting to get stuff ready for shipping. Mm -hmm. I just ordered, uh, you know, a big pack of uh, Gemini mailers, like 135 pack. They come in. I bought those, and I just bought uh, some shipping tape that I needed. And I got the thermal printer ready. I got a Rolo thermal uh, printer. I got some, uh, what's it called? Uh, some thermal, uh, uh, what are they called? Labels, and I got. Mm -hmm. Uh, handle with care do not bend stickers i got all the shit ready i'm getting everything ready i'm gonna order the backing boards it has to be surreal so 
everything's I'm gonna order the stickers actually uh, probably tonight now that we're funded so I'm gonna order those stickers and uh, you know, I'm getting everything prepared for you know fulfillment mm-hmm. oh that's I'm awesome really man congratulations yeah that that, that has I'm to be like such a surreal feeling like getting ready to fund your campaign after like going through so hard through it. you said you had emotional breakdowns because of it and now it's like funded and like it has to be like just the sigh of relief yeah i mean like the second or third day i was like man no one likes my character i don't i, I think i made a mistake why did i do why did i spend all this money on this book and you know i just felt bad about myself and then the next day i kind of like you know got like snapped out of it and said i gotta give this a shot i gotta you know give it my all and not give up here you know and it's kind of like mm-hmm. frustrating seeing all these other campaigns you know get 500 backers in an hour or something ridiculous you know what i mean uh or like make ten thousand dollars in a night and then i'm like couldn't get like one or two backers in a day and it you know after mm-hmm. putting all that work in there it kind of like it's kind of like a you know like slap to the face or whatever but well yeah. I, I i would say like probably a lot of it just goes into like what those people are doing differently you know uh to get those backers you know what platforms are, are they using or, or the methods because uh, you know a lot of the times it is luck of the draw or luck of the algorithm to get pushed or, or what have you but who knows maybe they were doing like 140 shows i don't even know if that's possible but who knows um the length uh, a lot of creators would go to i i've talked to people um, like yourself who did like just so many shows they can't even like count how many they've done um and it's just it's insane like how hard you guys have to like go to the streets and be your own street team to like push this out there you know yeah i didn't spend any money on marketing. i didn't buy adwords from uh google or facebook ads or whatever i didn't you know See, and it's doesn't that suck? Like, you you should be able to post on Google without having to buy a bot to boost it for you. They they almost mess the algorithm up purposely to make you pay extra to get what you should already be getting. I'm already noticed that like my YouTube videos aren't getting the views that they should have. I mean, it seems like they're messing with my views. They're already messing with my subs. It's just like these algorithms are just fucking with everybody's stuff. But uh, if you go out there and you get your get get on these shows and promote and you, you're behind your product and you believe in your product and you show it off and you know about your product there's some people out there that can't even pitch their own book or know what it's about you got to know what your book's about if you're gonna try to get people to buy your book you know what I mean? we have a uh, good stuff getting ready for work have a good uh, day at work good stuff we appreciate you stopping in oh later good stuff so uh let's move on let's bring it back i'm so good at getting off tangent let's bring it back to lee oak so this was your freelance illustrator and uh uh the person that worked for you um as an artist uh, after i got the script from mike i obviously needed somebody to draw my book Mm -hmm. i thought the first step would be instead of start started to draw just the, the pages and go at it as um i see the script and i see all these characters in the script and i'm like well what the fuck do they look like or what you know what i mean so i had to hire an artist to start doing model sheets and uh, Mike recommended that I get a hold of Lee Oaks that he was really good and then I should hire him so I said you know I mean, I'll give him a shot to my model sheets and then if I like him you know what I mean I'll hire him to draw my book so um Mike and him worked together on a comic book for Popeye's Chicken <laughs> uh, that's Popeye's awesome Chicken. though <laughs> yeah, they had like these uh, comic books you'd get with the uh, kids' meals or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. 
and uh, it was one comic book, but they split it into four, like the really short comics and gave it four different covers. And uh, he sent, Mike sent me the comics in the mail, and I thought they were pretty cool. That's so he, cool, too, that he went that extra mile for you. Yeah, so he sent them in the mail, I checked out the artwork, and uh, I was like, yeah, he can draw, he's pretty good. And then I said, okay, I'm gonna you know, have him draw my model sheets. So I, Mike would just give you like a simple uh, description of the character. It wouldn't, you wouldn't get too evolved. It looks like this mm-hmm. actor or actress, um, <laughs> kind of like this guy or whatever. You know, for the werewolf, it was just like Bernie Wrightson werewolf. That, that was it. Style werewolf. That, that was the only description. So I kind of fill in the gaps and you know come up with uh, things, and then he, the artist would come up with different outfits and i was like ah, maybe not that change this mm-hmm. you know trim his beard a little bit whatever just give him like then when i liked it how it looked i had him ink it and then we moved on to the next character so how long would you say it took you to like make a character like good with the back and forth until you finally settled on a, a design that you liked every two or three days you'd probably give me a new character they came out pretty fast the characters and then um my editor really liked the characters. I think if you're gonna actually make your own comic book, the best thing to do is after you do your script, is you make sure you get that thing edited and mm-hmm. by by somebody who's good, not somebody who's gonna bullshit you and blow smoke up your ass and tell you it's the greatest comic book they ever read and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You want somebody to question everything. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Or that doesn't make any sense. What you know what I mean? Because if you're well, able to I- answer those questions, the readers are too. So he had all these questions in the script after he did my editing that I had to go back and ask Mike, what about this? What about that? Is this right? Is this right? And then there was a couple of things we had to change a little bit because, you know, nobody's perfect. Even if you get the best writer, they're going to make mistakes. And even if you do got the best writer, you still need an editor. It doesn't matter what writer you get. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you got Chuck Dixon, you need an editor. And then after you get this beautiful script and it's edited and you got everything, I think it's best to start making your characters to put in this world that you're making. You know what I mean? You gotta get mm-hmm. all your characters together. And originally, I just did them all in black and white, you know, with inks, no colors. And I kind of regret that now. I recommend if you're gonna do the model sheets that you actually add color to them, even if it's you know, um, not the not the colors you're gonna use. Even if it's like a low end colorist, just to you know, just to get the colors down. Yeah. Um, I recommend that before you before you start working on your comic. Mm-hmm. And then you want to find a you know an artist that's going to fit your style that you think that you, you know style that you have in mind for your. For and your that has to be almost like impossible to do. Like there's so many artists out there. Like how do you filter through that? Then you got to find somebody that's available who's going to want to draw. Because <laughs> there's so many people putting out comic books right now that they're all getting snatched up. All the good artists. Mm-hmm. And then you got to find them in between jobs. So yeah, and that has to be a nightmare too. Three years of development, not because it took three years to make it, but it took three years, you know, of waiting, of waiting months on somebody to be available. When you add all that time together, it took about three years total to 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 complete it. And I didn't think it was going to take that long. And you know what I mean? Me being the editor in chief, I thought that was like a joke job. When you when you, when I used to read comic books, you'd see editor in chief, you know, Bob Layton or Stan Lee mm-hmm. or whatever. And you are Jim Shooter, and you would think, you know, that guy just wants his name in a book. What the hell did he have to do with this book? What yeah, this has to be easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just a guy with a big ego or whatever wanted mm-hmm. his name in the book. But after doing it myself and doing everything, it is, it is one hell of a job. <laughs> I got to tell you that. I have a, a pre 
appreciation for editor-in-chiefs out there. Um, it's not just putting your name in the book. I can tell you that right now. I had a, a you know, something something to do with every pro- every part of the process. You know what I mean? Even though mm-hmm. I didn't draw it myself, I, you know, I, I was the director of everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, to make sure it lived up to your standard. No, I get that. And that can definitely be something in itself, like having to talk to so many different people because like the team you have involved is is a pretty big team. Yeah, I got uh, Lee Oaks, who lives in Colorado as well. He's doing the pencils on smokes. And I got Barry McLean I talked to you about earlier. He's my neighbor. He does Billy the Kit. He's a rising artist. You're going to see him in the future. You're gonna He's going to be a big name. I'm telling you right now. I'm calling it right now. This is his early work. Mm-hmm. You're going to see his stuff's going to get even better and better um in the future and then uh i got some you know vets on the project i got uh don perlin to do cover smokes and don perlin's retired man he's not he's in his 90s so this might be the last cover that he okay ever, uh, that he that he ever that's like, he still draws though i mean mm-hmm. but as far as like published work does mainly like, some commission work here and there for um for fans yeah a lot of this, like this big names on this like how do you feel to have ghostwriter the someone who's worked with ghostwriter and iron man working on uh your, your cover art like, that's pretty big yeah i know bob layton and i know don, don perlin i kind of met on facebook i just became friends with him and i started because i was a big fan of his when when he was um on bloodshot for valiant mm-hmm. i was a big big fan of valiant and uh, Don Perlin used to have used to do Ghost Rider, but he also used to do this uh, comic book called Bad Eggs for Valiant. It was not popular. You probably don't remember it. It was dinosaurs. <laughs> it was dinosaurs like that. Remember that show, Dinosaurs? Not the Mama. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that, but in comic book form, but not not exactly. But it was kind of like cartoonish. And I knew that he had that kind of artwork in him, so I, he was the kind of a person that I wanted to ask to draw my character. Mm-hmm. So I showed him the model sheet, and he said, I'll draw that. That's all I said. And then I hired him to do the pencils, and I, you know, I, I gave him the idea that he's on a motorcycle. I did a little thumbnail of how I wanted it to look, and he, he changed it a lot, but um, it's pretty much the same idea. And we wanted a motorcycle on there because, you know, Don Perlin's known for drawing, uh, you know, Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why we put the werewolf in the book because he's known for drawing werewolf by night as well. So, like, two birds, one stone, why not let him, like, just have, like, as much fun with this as he can? I get it. There's a little tribute to Ghost Rider. I don't really talk about it very much, but if you, if you see the, uh, if you look at the uh, back tire, there's that flame coming out the back. Mm-hmm. That's actually... Um, very similar to the first appearance of uh, Ghost Rider, so I kind of, kind of put that in there as a homage. That's really homage. cool. And uh, at the top, I had Gerhard actually draw, uh, color this piece. And if you look, there's a moon back there. That moon wasn't drawn by Don Perlin. It was uh, it was put in there by uh, Gerhard when he when he colored it. I told him I wanted the moon back there, and that moon is actually the cover to Cerebus 105. So this is a okay. cover inside of a cover. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. All he did was change the color of the moon. He changed it with that orange color, but on the on the cover of uh, Cerebus, it was just, you know, like a gray moon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's exactly the same. He threw it in there. They told me about it. It's like, yeah, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. So, <laughs> 
And another another weird fact was I was born on the same month and the same year as uh, Cerebus uh, issue one uh, debuted. And it was one of my favorite comic books. You were also born on Stanley's birthday, too. What are it like? <laughs> yeah, I was born on Stanley's birthday, which was, uh, you know, I put that there as a joke, but I really was born on his birthday. And I thought that, you know, maybe there's something to that. You know what I mean? And yeah, no, that, that's pretty insane. That's pretty big, man. So I got so I got Bob Layton and Don Perlin, the creators of uh, Bloodshot. And Don Perlin also created uh, Moon Knight. Oh, really? Dude, that's yeah, all. Man. Yeah, you got some like you really did went all all out with this. Like a whole lot of heavy hitters involved. And I got Gerhard from Cerebus to do the variant cover, the famous uh, peeing cover. Mm-hmm. And he's known for drawing animals. So I, the idea for this uh, cover was to put as many nocturnal animals from Colorado in in the cover as possible. So I gave him a list, and you can see the black bear back there. Um, there's a red fox behind it, behind there, and there's a horned owl and some mm -hmm. uh, various birds and uh, bats. Those are all nocturnal animals from Colorado. I just, I just Googled it and said, here, throw as many as you could back there in, in that cover. No, he did a really outstanding job too. Like the way they're all like, kind of like eyeing you, like seeing what you're looking at and stuff. I, and That's the why bear, he's got that thing. He's kind of like on display. He's trying to take a piss and everybody's mm -hmm. looking at him. You know what I mean? Yep. He captured his personality perfectly. I was gonna have Gerhardt actually draw all the interiors, but it just never worked out with his schedule because he was doing uh, conventions and he just got burned kind of. He just did this, like a cat book, I guess you can call it, where it's like mm -hmm. similar to like Smokes, um, but talking cats. But it was really cool and the artwork was really, it was gonna be for Heavy Metal Magazine. Oh, dude, that would've been big, yeah. Yeah, there's some issue now. If you go, if you go online and you Google, uh, Absent Cat, Smile of the Absent Cat. It's kind of a weird title, but it's called Smile of the Absent Cat. Beautiful artwork by Gerhard. The cover is amazing. And then it never got published, and it might not ever because of something to do with copyright, something about heavy metal magazines fighting with the author or the writer or something like that. So it might, all that hard work, months and months or maybe years of work, and it's not going to be published. So wow. after I asked him, I'm, I never published anything before except for my music and asking him to draw a comic book after that happened to him kind of like he wasn't you know didn't want to do it so, yeah 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 but I did get him to help me design my character which was really cool or redesign my character I should say and um he you know he did an amazing job on that and then you know I got him to color both covers and to do the variant cover so I thought you know that was enough mm-hmm no, and I think I think the covers look beautiful too, like the, just the art and the way they're drawn and the pencils. Um, yeah, man, these are these are some the, just everything about this is just phenomenal. Um, the rest of my team, I got uh, Rodney Ramos to do the inks on both books. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's been around for thirty plus years, uh, inking for DC, Marvel, Valiant, um, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He's a um, inker finisher, very very talented. Uh, he's a really nice guy too. So I, I've met him many times at the shows. I used to go to a lot of conventions, you know, talk to the artists and stuff. And he's he's a talker, and I would sit at his table for like forty five minutes, you know, just bullshitting with him. Because so I'm sure you're learning from a lot of the stuff he's talking about too. That it's always like good resources, just like to sit and learn too. 
yeah, I learned a lot from this experience. Uh, you know, I thought creating comics is a lot easier than it's been. <laughs> um, there's a lot of stuff that can come up that you never even thought about. Uh, like, I don't know, like when you're doing the coloring process, I was looking at my characters and then one page, the character's got like blue eyes and then for four pages, he's got blue eyes and then all of a sudden he's got fucking green eyes. I'm like, what's going on here? So you gotta look out for that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, you know what I mean? You, got, you want consistency, you want to make sure, you know, Smokes has got four fingers. You don't want to, you want to make sure the artist doesn't draw yeah. a mistake and draw five fingers. Or, you know, the aliens got four fingers or whatever. Because a lot I, of times, like you said, they're working on a lot of different projects, so it'd be easy yeah. to kind of slip up. Originally, when uh, Don Perlin drew my cover, he drew uh, a werewolf by night feet on my character. And I was like, Don, man, those are, you're not looking at the character sheet, man. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm so used to drawing that character mm -hmm. that they just draw. These artists, no matter what you tell them, man, they always do what they want. You can give them all the instructions in the world. They can give you something that you didn't ask for, but something kind of like what you want, but maybe even better. You don't know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a roll of the dice. Um, and I thought this cover was a home run. I really like how it came out. I even made a uh, mask. Oh, the gator? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those uh, are part of a uh, stretch goal, right? No, they're not a stretch goal. You can actually get them as an add-on if you back on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Mm. And if you don't want to wear it on your face, you can, um, you know, just keep it as like a, it's like a print. It's like a yeah, yeah, print. yeah. It's pretty cool. So, when I was doing my and my in my merchandise i didn't want to really go outside of the gemini mailer and i want to like go too crazy or anything yeah i had all kinds of ideas i wanted to do like a rolling tray with that would have been awesome yeah <laughs> maybe next time but right now i just want to since i'm doing the shipping myself i kind of wanted to stay in there but my team is fucking great man i got dc alonzo doing the colors for my interiors he uh did expendables go to hell like one of the chapters in that book he did uh, uh, Star Trek for IDW, and he just got hired by Marvel like two weeks ago. So yeah, dude, you, you got a roster. You got a roster of all-stars, man. So I got yeah, a little bit of everything, a little bit of uh, legends, um, veterans, uh, rising talent, and everybody who backs gets two books written by mike Barron, so you can't really beat that yeah gee, absolutely absolutely so speaking of that let's go ahead and uh, start breaking down the tiers then i got the okay the basic tier is the uh is the digital so if anybody out there you know, wants to try it out and you don't want to you know break the bank or maybe you live in australia or canada or, or and these Mexico are two books uh for for that price right yeah you're gonna get both books digitally and you know, I put the cover. I put both covers of Smokes in a digital file, so you can see both of them. Mm -hmm. And that's only twelve bucks. And you know, I just email the PDF to you during fulfillment. So you're not going to get it now. Someone asked, "Do I get the book right now digitally?" No, you don't. You're not get it for everybody else, you're going to get it. So, so that way, there's not spoilers. Yeah, and, and you're going to get it after I ship the book out. Nobody gives up the digital version before um, they ship the books out. Yeah, because then the digital people could spoil it for the physical, and that's not fair. So, yeah, I try to make everything as fair as possible. So that's 12 bucks if you want to get the Australian tier, they call it. Now the digital tier is the Australian tier. <laughs> and I got 
Pack A, which is my legendary Pack A, which is the main cover of the Perlin Bob Wayne cover we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. So you get you get that, and then you also get the weaponized werewolf Tim Vigil cover. So you get both comics, and there's the option to get them signed by me, the creator. So if you want if you want them signed, you just let me know. I'm gonna do like a survey for a Kickstarter and. There's a drop-down box on Indiegogo, so if you want my autograph, yes or no, I mean, it's no big deal. If you don't, you can get one of them signed or both of them, it doesn't matter to me. And then you also get, you're also now going to get the Weaponized Wearable sticker and the Smoke sticker. So you're going to get two books, two stickers, two autographs, 25 bucks. That's a steal. That's, that's, that's a steal. That's a good, that's a good tier. And if you don't want that cover and maybe you're digging the uh, other smokes cover and you want the, the peeing cover, you can get uh, pack B. It's the same deal, 25 bucks. You're going to get that cover and you're going to get the weaponized werewolf individual cover and the option for me to sign them and the two stickers. And if, if you don't know which one you want, you can go with uh, all three covers. So for 40 bucks, get both smokes covers and then weaponized werewolves so three books and then i'll sign them if you want and then also the stickers and then i also got the signed version so if you want everybody's autograph not just mine mike Barron will sign all three books and my artist lee and uh, barry will sign their books and you'll get nine autographs total for 65 books. that sound how hard was that to line up because that one sounds like it, it was hard to do Getting all these major like talents involved on that. What? Yeah. Well, I haven't got them signed yet. Um, the reason why I'm offering signed books is because everybody that's worked on these books that are signing them live here. I mean. Okay, so, so it's it's not too hard to get. No, I'm gonna have like a party or something at Mike Barron's house. He's only about an hour or so from me, so he's not far. And I'll drive down there and then um, Lee Oaks doesn't live far from him he's maybe 10 or 15 minutes probably from him. wow dude that has to be so crazy to like live right close to like so many of these people then barry i just gotta go outside and whistle and he's right there mm-hmm. so everybody that's always why i don't recommend that you offer you know signature tiers if your art team or whatever is all over the place but in this in this case it worked out um actually perfectly so I'll sign the books, and then I'll go to my neighbor's house, or I'll have him come over to my house, and he'll mm-hmm. sign them. And then I'll go down to Mike Barron's house, and I'll get Lee's and uh, Mike's autographs there. So no, that actually works out pretty conveniently. Yeah, no mailing. There will be no mailing of the books, so I don't have to worry about getting them bent or whatever. You know, that's, that's another one of my concerns. I want to make sure that everybody gets a mint book, so mm-hmm. everybody's going to get, you know, they're going to be bagged and boarded, and they're going to be inside Gemini mailers. And even though I'm going to ship like that, there's going to be one or two people, you know, that are probably going to get a bent book because the fucking USPS shoved it in their mail. I literally just got one uh, this morning in a Gemini mailer and it was bent up just because of that. (laughs) Even though it says do not bend, they actually take that as a uh, challenge. Yeah, they're like, you know what? Let's see. Let's see. All right, so that is gears for uh, my Kickstarter. If you go, if you go to my uh, Indiegogo, I got I got some other stuff available. You want me to go through that stuff? Or oh, we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to stop sharing and go to my other. Yeah, not a problem. We'll, we'll uh, 
I can edit the transition out in post-production, so that's not a big deal. Yeah, congrats on all the success. Such an awesome, awesome book, man. This the like I'm I'm excited to see what you're gonna do with issue two. Are you gonna do like a weaponized werewolf issue number one as well, or is that gonna kind of just be like just serve as a prologue? Um, right now I'm gonna put weaponized werewolf in a drawer for a little bit and just focus on smokes too right now. But I want it to be a bigger issue than than the first issue. No, I got gotcha. you. Probably gonna bring back Gerhard, do a cover, and but. I might have some guests in uh, issue two. Mm -hmm. I want to make it a big, big, a big deal. You know what I mean? Um, bigger than the first um, issue. All right. So, so we have Indiegogo. it pulled up for you. Yeah, this is my Indiegogo. Um, I have these things called Epic Bundles. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Epic Bundle. I have four left. I, I had twenty of them to begin with. I'm down to my last four. Um, I'll try to take two of them away and then put it on my on my Kickstarter, but it won't let you do that. The only way to do that would be to like uh, recreate it again and cancel this one. I didn't really want to mess with it, so I'm just going to leave it on Indiegogo. But the Epic Bundle is is what it says. It's epic. You get all three covers, nine autographs, three Mike Barron autographs. You know, you get a bottle opener by uh, Phoenix Animation. You're going to get a mystery gift. Everybody asks you, what is the mystery you get? Well, it's not a fucking mystery, but tell you. If I, if I tell you. <laughs> and then you're going to get a sketch card. It's either going to be by Barry McLean, the artist of uh, Weaponized Werewolf, or you're going to get Lee Oak's sketch, uh, um, sketch card, which is the um, artist of Smokes. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get Smokes license plate. Have I showed you that? Let me show you that real quick. Oh, yeah. it's uh, the, the It looks like the Colorado one. Yeah, and it's a metal aluminum plate. It's kind of thick, like a stop sign. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like everybody thinks aluminum. They're thinking like an aluminum can or something. But aluminum is actually pretty strong when it's thick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a nice uh, sized uh, um, plate, too. It's the same size as a, a biker plate. Since there's so many motorcycle, uh, you know, biker action in the book, I thought it would be cool to have a license plate. No, yeah, that is really cool to be the same size as the uh as a, as a real plate you would get if you went to the dmv mm -hmm. and the actually the smokes is, is a colorado license plate and it's exact replica of a colorado license plate except it's not embossed or whatever it's not the letters aren't um yeah you know which i, I i'm wondering like if if you want that extra mile if you would have like do you think you would have maybe gotten in trouble by colorado like since it's so close no, there's companies if... that make them like that but i gotcha um this is also a magnet so it's going to come with uh, four magnets and they have like adhesive on there and you can like mount them onto the back so you can slap this on your fridge if you wanted to mm -hmm. no that's it'd cool be a really big a really big refrigerator magnet but it'd, <laughs> it'd definitely be a stunner on your uh, refrigerator to get noticed for sure mm -hmm. or you can just throw it in like a bag and a board and uh you know just put it in your long box or whatever and tuck it away or put it on a shelf or a little easel or something or someone said they're going to put that shit on the back of their motorcycle and take a picture so that, that's going to be cool yeah that, no that, that would be really awesome it's got the mounting holes or whatever like like a plate has like mm -hmm. holes so you can uh it comes with these uh these ties these uh what are they called the, you know those like those ties for wires or whatever yeah the, 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 the like the hanging frames or whatever zip ties zip ties yeah so it comes with a couple zip ties. You can like mount it to something or you can throw it on your fridge. 
Then you're also going to get the neck gaiter I showed you earlier. And you're going to get all that stuff for 125 bucks. Let's go. That's not bad. There's only four left and that's it. If I don't get rid of these by the time I close out, I'm going to bring them to my to the show and, and just sell it. Try to unload them. And I got some art tiers I didn't show. I do have this bulk retailer uh, tier, but no one's bid on it. Uh, where you get 10 comics, you get five copies of Smokes, and you get five copies of Weaponized Werewolf. And you get to pick uh, what covers you want for your variant. So you can pick, you know, three peeing covers and two mm -hmm. uh, Don Perlin covers or all peeing covers or any any mix you want. There's going to be a drop down and you pick which ones you want. And you get 10 comics total for 95 bucks free shipping. Yeah, that's a good outstanding deal, too. That's a little bit of a break. I think it's like a $40 savings yeah. um, for the um, for the dealers or whatever, for uh, retailers. But it's nice to have that retailer tier because even if they don't get it, you have it. I mean, it costs nothing to make the tier, uh, to, yeah, you know, I, on Indiegogo. I have one and I just said, huh, just throw it in there. And then I got the original art pages that are only available on Indiegogo. Um, the way it's going to work is... For 140 bucks, the Smokes the Fox pages are uh, traditionally done, so the pencils and inks are on the same board. Mm -hmm. And Mike Barron signed them, and I'm going to sign the pages. And I only have some pages. I don't have every page of the book because I'm not the artist, and the artist kept some of their work. But I do have a good selection of artwork. And one of them, I already sold one page of Smokes. So that person will actually get the um, pick of the litter. So I'll. When, when I'm about to fulfill, I'll show them all the pages that I have available and they'll get, he'll get to pick his page. That's cool. Out. That's cool. So if anybody out there wants to pick um, back this tier, you'll actually get second pick, which is pretty good. And you'll get a really good page. And then uh, if you wanted the weaponized werewolf page, I also have those available. And those are $10 more just because they come on. Like I was talking about earlier, um, the inks. Mm -hmm. on one board and the original pencils are on the other board which i still think that's a, a, a good a good price for for two of them you know i don't know if you've got the convention lately but now iris are charging upwards of a hundred dollars for a headshot so getting a page of original art for 150 140 bucks free ship and these are the free shipping on these two tiers as well so mm -hmm. that's that's a pretty good uh deal you know what i mean and I did get rid of one of the weaponized werewolf pages. And if anybody wanted to get one, they would get the second pick. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. One more tier. Oh, one this more. is the heavy duty one, huh? Yeah, this is for like, there's some like baller out there, some like Elon Musk type guy out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you don't have to be Elon Musk. Anybody who's got 420 bucks. Hey. <laughs> It's going to be that you're going to get two prelims to the weaponized werewolf uh, cover. And they're both um, eight and a half by 11 on art paper. And uh, one of them seems to be mostly pencils and the other one's inks. And they're two separate pieces and they're both signed mm -hmm. by uh, Tim Vigil. So $210 each. It's not that bad for a Yeah, that, that's a pretty good price. Yeah. And I didn't want to part with it, but I can use the money so I can start, um, you know, working on issue two. Yeah. And that's the only reason why I'm selling this artwork. That's the only reason. Otherwise, I would be keeping it, you know what I mean? Because it's kind of mm -hmm. 
close to my heart or whatever, you know, but so I got a lot right. of, a little bit of everything, you know, if you want merchandise, I got some merchandise, but I didn't like go overboard and go crazy. Yeah, I thought your add-ons were pretty good. Uh, the uh, the neck gator, the uh, can o- or the bottle opener, and then the license plate, all like super awesome add-ons as well. Um, this was it for your Indiegogo, correct? What's that? This was it for your Indiegogo tiers, right? So these are my Indiegogo tiers. Only the artwork is on the Indiegogo right now. I gotcha. Um, so let me go ahead. And we'll get this just us right here. All right, so. Um, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up for anyone that is out there that's still watching or is going to be potentially watching when this video is edited and they're on the fence about backing your campaign. What would you like to say to them directly to kind of help push them over that edge? Uh, it's, it's, it's a book by Mike Barron. I mean, if you read anything by Mike Barron, you're going to know that, you know, his number one uh, mission is to entertain and make you turn that page. And that's what he does. I read these comic books probably 50 times already. <laughs> so they, they entertain me still after reading. I know I'm kind of biased because it's my book, but yeah. I actually literally read the book, both books, about 50 times, I'd say. At so, least 30. Uh, do you say, uh, would you say they did you uh, justice in uh, taking what you perceived in your head in your dream and, and giving, you know, putting it to light? Yeah, he did, he did a really good job ca- capturing that's awesome. what I wanted. And we're going to get a little bit deeper into Smoke's personality in the second issue and develop the character more. And, uh, you know, it's probably going to be another 24-page comic book. And I want to do it, you know, I want to do a, do a bigger book than the second or than the first one on the second mm-hmm. time around. Kind of like, uh, you know, like Terminator 2 was better than the first movie. Yeah, yeah. I loved I dude I love I remember seeing Terminator 2 for the first time and just like how awesome everything was. Long away, you know what I mean? It was just I remember I was at a comic book convention and they were playing like a uncut scene of uh of Terminator 2 and I was just amazed by it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was incredible. Yeah, like a VCR and they were playing the uncut scene, I remember so many like insane action scenes too like the part where he like cuts his arm with a knife um when 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 they're in the building and there's the police helicopter and you see see good old terminator walking out with a grenade launcher just thump thump dude it was fucking badass man um but yeah let's uh let's ask you my favorite question uh we are right at the end of things and i always love asking uh indie comic creators or anyone just in the indie field this question because i think everyone has some knowledge they, they uh, knowledge to give uh that others definitely can learn from so for anyone that's out there that is struggling to do what you're doing to get their idea to just become a book what would you say to them to kind of help them get motivated enough to just follow through well i don't recommend anybody do it unless they you know want to fall through all the way 100 percent it is not easy it, it looks like it's easier than it is but it is not even if you're hiring you know your own uh if you're hiring your whole creative team i guess it depends on if you are drawing it yourself or if you're writing it yourself mm-hmm. if, if you're passionate about it i mean don't get me wrong I, I recommend everybody follows their dream if you got something you got this idea in your head and you have to do it i recommend that you do it but if you're gonna go through with it you gotta we'll send see it, it all the way through even if you have a mental breakdown like me or whatever a couple days in you gotta you guys you gotta get up and you gotta you know just go through with it and if it doesn't it doesn't work out it might not be the end of the world i had people tell me oh you can just relaunch again don't worry about it so you can't you can you know you couldn't rebrand or you know uh, 
change things a little bit and uh, relaunch again. So it's not the end of the world. I've seen, I've heard a lot of stories where a lot of people's first time, they don't know what the hell they're doing and they don't fund. You got to promote, you got to yep. believe your project and you got to see it through and just, just do it. Start working on it. Maybe you don't want to put it out. You don't have to put it out tomorrow or next week. Just start it now. Well, I mean, take you for instance, you were, uh, you, you, you were having that breakdown and had you have given up, you would have never funded, but you stuck through it and you funded on two different campaigns. Like that's, that's outstanding. It's, it's, it goes to show you, it's like that meme where, um, they're, they're so close to like getting to the diamonds, but they give up and walk away. Um, but you stuck with it and you fully funded, man. Like that's so awesome. Congratulations. I legit had a fucking breakdown, man. I was like, man. It was kind of like a, you know, like a blow to your heart almost, you know what I mean? And it just didn't go how I thought it was going to go. You never know how these are going to go, you know what I mean? It's, it's a roller coaster. Then you might get some uh, people back in and then they come in like steady. Then all of a sudden it just stops. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, like, like someone shut off the faucet. And it's like, what did I do and wrong? <laughs> then you're thinking, oh shit, maybe that's it. Maybe I tapped it out. Maybe I, you know, no one else wants my book. But you got to keep going. You, that's not it. The problem is you're not being seen. You got this that's idea. True. You got this book, but you got to get it out there. When you send out a tweet, I read a, a post online that says when you send out a tweet, the tweet will last 15 minutes on average. That's it. So you send out a tweet, you got 15 minutes of promotion going out there. That's it. Mm-hmm. Firing off one tweet is not giving you that much promotion. It's not... People are thinking, you know, they're going everywhere when they tweet or whatever, but... No, you gotta... Your audience. <laughs> yes, yeah. Your reach. So, but the best thing for me that I did was... I recommend you get your own platform, because that's what I'm doing with uh, Mr. Good Stuff. We're gonna... I'm gonna start my own show and um, build my uh, platform. Those people that, you know, that join your show and, you know, like you got fans that watch your show. Those people are the kind of people that are gonna back your book, you know what yep. I mean? They're gonna be behind you. Those are your people. Me, I just kind of like channel serve. I just went on anybody's show like yours or anybody who let me on. I thought their show looked good. And I would just ask them, you know, can I get on? And most people, you know, let me on, but some people ignored me or whatever, or he kept me or whatever. But you just keep moving on and just keep, you know, asking. But I think I recommend, you know, you, you start promoting others if you're going to get into it and not just be selfish and worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to promote others. And how do you expect somebody else to promote you if you're not promoting other people? You know what I mean? And you got to no, believe no, in yourself, believe in your product, you know, know about your product, uh, pitch your product, love your product, love your characters. And people see that you love them and you have a lot of, you know, all this love for your for your for your books and all this dedication they're gonna back you mm-hmm. and they're gonna be behind you and if you give them a good product and they're gonna talk about it they're gonna do you're gonna see you know videos unboxing videos and they're gonna look at your book. take pictures and instagram posts and pictures. everything yeah i recommend you get you get some good packaging i got i went to um what's it called uh sticker mule and i got some of that custom uh, tape you can get your mm-hmm. logo on there Oh, going that extra mile always is, is definitely something uh, that I think that those extra touches are always like just chef kiss. Like those people that get the fucking the wax seals, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those are cool. I hey, thought but- about that, but I'm like, damn, I'm not going to do 
know, 200 packages of wax. <laughs> yeah. Them. With that being said, I do have to get things wrapped up. I have about an hour right. before work, um, and I got a significant other that's going to need a little bit, you know, some attention. Yeah, I can't be doing the comic stuff all day. Uh, but Justin, I really appreciate you coming on here and just breaking not only Smoke's Down, but Weaponized Werewolf with us. I'm so happy we, we were actually able to see the campaign fund during the show. Yeah, that's very Yeah, that's I'm awesome, man. Let's, let's go, dude. We got funded. So, yeah, with that being said, guys, I really appreciate everyone tuning in on today's episode. I am going to be taking off the next two days, my first two days off uh, in, like, 33 interviews. So, let's go. <laughs> we'll be coming back hot. In a row. Yeah, yeah, i pretty much been doing uh, four to five. So, I'll take a day off every week. But um, I'll take, I'll, I've been doing, like, four to five almost every single week. Hey, like you, like you, I have to put that work in to get my word out too. Um, my Twitter channel, I think had like 50 followers in February, you know, and I'm already up to 500, which isn't like, like insane, but like the growth, like the likes, the retweets, like those are all like, like you said, the community supporting me and like, I gotta go hard. I gotta go hard for you guys. Um, because if I don't, you know, then, you know, who will, you know, gotta be the voice for, uh, the you help us and we help you get bigger too yes 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 following you and adding you and you got to be the voice for uh those who uh they're you know like, like you said a voice for those who don't have a loud enough voice to be heard by everybody and although my reach might not be big i do put that work and i do splice it up and put it everywhere that i can but ah, i'm getting on a tangent let's go ahead and wrap it up as many shows as you can because you gotta get that reach Yes, yes, yes. But with that being said, guys, we are going to wrap it up. It's, it's a beautiful Thursday. Be sure to enjoy it. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for hopping on. But most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.